Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Well, hello, Key Radio listeners, and welcome back to Shouts of Grace. We are blessed that you are joining us today and taking time out of what I'm sure is a busy schedule and uh, spending a little time with us as we kind of pursue uh, Scripture and and what God has for us. Um, And so we hope that uh, you're blessed by listening to this. If you are a first-time listener, we want to say welcome to the program and let you know that Shouts of Grace has a website. You can go to shoutsofgraceradio.com, and there you'll have close to five years of episodes, um, well over 200 now, I believe, and um, on a whole host of topics. Um, so, you know, go and, and for your listening pleasure, uh, dive in. And if you are a return listener, we want to say thank you. And as always, we want to give a shout out to Key Radio for the use of their studios here in Provo, Utah. Uh, so I want to dive in today. Um, those of you that know anything about Shouts of Grace, you know that we have different guests on air with us here weekly and sometimes we have them in studio and we get to look across the table at their beautiful faces and then there are times where they call in from uh, sometimes from Utah sometimes from around uh, the country and we talk that way and so today we are in studio with um, a very good friend of mine a mentor um, of mine uh, an elder at our church I mean I, I can't say enough about him uh, Pastor Robert Marshall how are you my brother Doing well. How are Good. you doing? Good. You just got back not too long ago from a long, uh, long what, 4,000-mile trip on your motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> wife and I rode on one bike, and our son rode on another bike. Nice. The last gun back. Nice. And you did it so you could rest. <laughs> well yeah it's the rest of a different type yeah for sure but but you do rest because i know you know we uh we actually took a sabbatical at the beginning of the summer from i think it was memorial day through the fourth of july it was about five weeks or so and uh, we did so because in part because you recommend it highly to people who are in full-time ministry and who have been for a while just taking sabbaticals a time a time off, a time of rest. Um, you know, what what have you seen over the years as far as the importance of that in in, in nurturing people back to health or, or giving them stamina? Well, it does do both of those. It just recalibrates where we're at, so that you know we want to be good for the journey ahead. And so many times, the the uh, garbage that we've picked up along the way from the past weighs us down to such an extent that it really slows us down in moving forward. And so. It's a, to take a rest. Uh, somebody said that Jesus took seventeen sabbaticals, uh, seventeen retreats in the New Testament, in the in the Gospels. I I don't know how they count those, but uh, seventeen in three and a half years, oh holy night! That's a that's a lot of rest, you know. Yeah. But he did. He showed us. He showed us what it means to get away for a purpose, to get away intentionally. And that is to process what we've done. The disciples came back from the the uh, ministry trip they had gone on and said, "Oh, that was cool." And he said, "Yeah, come away with me, and let's mm. let's go be alone." And there's a, a rhythm to ministry of learn, do, and then reflect. And uh, we see that repeatedly in the life of Jesus. 
it it keeps us going for the for the ministry ahead. Yeah, I think one of the I think one of the most valuable things that I've learned and am still learning to to implement, but I'm getting I'm getting a lot better at it is just to say no because mm-hmm. I think sometimes you know particularly when when we want to serve the Lord right and we're serving and we're serving we we load our plate down with things that that aren't necessarily um needed but but you know we just don't say no or you know we have a vision that's bigger than our that, that than our time schedule and we just overload ourselves and and then i think sometimes you know at least i can sp- i can speak for myself sometimes i've brought on my own um I, there's no way of putting it the 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 lack of rest that i have and the strain that i have sometimes it's because i've just not said no and i've just allowed people uh to put stuff on me and i and, and i will say this pastor robert and uh you know gosh in in you know 27 years of of um marriage and in you know almost 29 years of ministry i've realized that that time is probably the most valuable thing that i have mm-hmm. you know and and i definitely want to redeem the time but i've also learned something else about church and ministry there will always be needs. Yes. They were. There will never be a time where the church or people will not be standing looking to have me satisfy some sort of need that will take my time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, so I've just learned, and I'm learning. You know what? I, I can't. I can't do that anymore because I won't make it. You right. know. And so this idea of rest. And so I thought what we'd do today is, um, you know, we'd push the boat. Off the dock, I'll, I'll read uh, a section out of Matthew chapter 11 and then kind of hit the ball over to your court and you can kind of unpack it for us. In Matthew chapter 11, um, in verse, I believe it's verse 20, 28, um, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, Jesus is speaking, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What what's the what's the strength and the power of that of that verse and the truth that should be should be popping out to us? Well, there are so many things. It's such a fabulous passage. You know, when you're talking about saying no, Jesus certainly said no uh, when they came to him in, in, in John six and said, "Oh, dinner was great last night, but we're hungry this morning." He said no. Um, when the disciples said, oh, they've been looking for you, let's go into town, he said, no, we've got to go to other places. At the pool of Bethesda, he could have healed all of them. In the graveyard of Lazarus, he could have raised all of them. But Jesus did everything and only, those are two important words, everything and only that the Father told him to do. Um, He raised one person, he healed one person at the pool of Bethesda because that's all the Father said to do. He said, I don't do anything unless I see my Father doing it, and everything he tells me to do, I will do it. And so when he says, take my yoke upon you, um, and you'll find rest for your soul, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If we go backwards through that, and if we're carrying something that's heavy and hard, we have to ask ourselves if this is really the yoke that Jesus has called us to. What I find most fascinating about that word is it's translated yoke five times in the New Testament, but one time, the third horseman of the apocalypse, it's translated completely differently when it says he opened the third horse, behold, a black horse, and its rider had a pair of scales. He had a balance in his hands. The gospel of Jesus is balanced, man. If we don't have, uh, you know, in the, the message, it says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. If we don't have a rhythm in our life, 
where there's a time of learning, there's a time of doing, there's a time of processing, then, then we're not going to walk in the balance that God's called us to, and we're going to get imbalanced, which is always what always causes damage to the body, imbalance. Hmm. Um, when, he, when, when he says, you know, come to me, um, in, in Matthew chapter 11, when he says, um, come to me, um, you know, um, all who labor and are heavy laden, what's, what's he referring to there? Well, the, the direct audience that he's talking to are a group of people who have been overwhelmed by the burdens of religion. Hmm. You have to do this. You have to walk that way. You can only walk this far on that day. You can only carry this much. You always have to have these things hanging between your forehead, your eyes on your forehead and on the back of your hand. It's just so much, so much burden, so much restriction. And if you don't do it just right, you're going to be kicked out of the synagogue or the temple. It's exhausting. And what Jesus is saying, look, just just come spend some time again in the um, in the message. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Boy, what a great way to live freely! And I, I will do everything he tells me to do, and only, and. Well, people will get upset. Yeah, they can get glad in the same clothes they got mad in. Uh, people are going to get upset, and people got upset with Jesus. Um, he did not let that change his obedience to the only one who matters, and that is the Father. Hmm. What what becomes you know when when people become burdened um, when they're when they're weary, you know what what becomes the byproduct of that practically? You know, um, you have the. Um, you have the lampstand in the, in the tabernacle and then in the temple. And the lampstand um, was the seven candles, you know, that burned 24-7, except it didn't burn 24-7. They had to blow it out to trim the wick. Because if you don't trim the wick, if you don't live in balance, the byproduct is we start giving off carbon. Uh, they had to trim the wick to keep the holy place from, from being filled with carbon. And if we don't learn to rest, we begin to operate out of our own strength, which becomes less and less, and now we're dependent on the flesh, and no flesh is going to glory in his presence. They had to, they had to blow those candles out every now and then to trim the wick so that carbon, our flesh, the very thing that we're made up of, did not pollute the holy service that God had called them to. Hmm. When... Uh when you talk about balance, because because here the the other side to that too is, you know there are, you know Scripture says don't be weary in well doing, right? So mm-hmm. in due season we'll we'll reap our reward, and and so you know when we do well when we're serving God, um, you know I've I've seen the other side to where people people are lazy, oh Pe- man, people are people don't put in their all, or people don't give it their all, you know, and so. Every day is a rest for them. Every day is a sabbatical for them because they're never working, you mm-hmm. know. And so, it's kind of hard sometimes when you have the mindset and you're like, "Hey, I want to, I want to serve God and I want to do this," and, and then just putting the brakes on. Like, how do you train yourself to say, "No, enough is enough," even when my when my whole makeup as a person is, I'm, I just want to do this. I want to do this. Like it almost seems like, you know, and I, and I want you to answer that on the other side of the break. It almost seems like that, that we're, you know, it's, it's a healthy thing to do, but if I'm programmed a certain way, 
because I know I struggle with this. I don't know how to shut it off. I don't know how to, you know, many times I've had discussions, you know, quote unquote discussions with my wife where I come home and she's like, all right, it's time to put your phone away. Work ends at, at six, you know, but then I get the text or I get the call and then I'm back into it because I want to help people because it's my makeup. And so on the other side of the break, I want to talk about like, how, how does a person who's wired for service just shut it off? to rest even if they don't recognize that they need rest because sometimes i'm like i don't even know if i if if i really even need rest so let's answer that on the other side of the break you're listening to shouts of grace we'll be right back you're listening to shouts of grace the radio ministry of redemption hill church in eagle mountain utah for more information about redemption hill or pastor steve visit our website at rhutah.church Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's broadcast. Hey, welcome back to the program. I have in studio today Pastor Robert Marshall. And Robert, right before uh, the break, I was just, um, I was asking, you know, how do we, how do we turn it off if we don't seem to be wired that way? Because oftentimes I think what happens is if we don't do it, we end up then being reactive and now the damage is done. Mm -hmm. So, so, so how, how would you suggest somebody do that? I would suggest first off, listening to people around us. Uh, we, we get so wrapped up in, no, I know what to do, that we forget that God has placed people around us for our protection and to make the quality of service the best it possibly can be. Now, it is easy to say, well, then you're saying rest all the time. No, I'm not. Um, if there's a profession that there are lazy people in, it's ministry. And mm-hmm. it is just so tragic to see the laziness that's there. There was, a, there was a guy named George Fox. He founded the Quaker movement who was a, a shoe cobbler. And he sewed himself into a leather suit and said he would not take it off until all England had been evangelized. He lived on acorns, and they thought he was crazy. He led 600 people a week to the Lord, and, and he died young. David Brainerd died young. We can go – Robert Murray McShane died young. We can go down the list of people who died young. Well, uh, they gave everything they had for the Lord, and they did what God called them to do is all that we can say. But there is something to be said for the, um, the long-term, lifelong, living it out, serving Jesus, and showing people what it means to, I'm going to be faithful to do everything he tells me to. And when it's work, I'm going to work. And when it's rest, I'm going to rest intentionally. I'm going to uh, allow rest to recreate in me, which is what the word recreate is. It's to recreate life and and uh, strength inside of me. I'm going to use rest for its purpose, which is to get me fitted to get back into the into the battle. Hmm. You know, in in Luke um, chapter ten, we have that that famous you know story of Mary and Martha, um, mm-hmm. where you know <laughs> there's stuff that obviously needs to be done, and Martha's the doer and Mary's the sitter, and and it almost seems in the story, you know, at least in Martha from from Martha's perspective that. <laughs> That one's like really lazy and just sitting mm-hmm. around while while Martha's looking at what needs to be done. And mm-hmm. I, there's a key there. Like, look at all the stuff that needs to be done. And then she looks at Jesus and she says, tell my sister to get up and help. Like, right. You know, and then, of course, you know, Jesus responds, oh, Martha, Martha, you know, you're so worried about many things. She's chosen this this one thing that's needful. Mm-hmm. You know, Pastor Robert, you've been in ministry for over 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um there's always stuff that needs to be done, isn't there? My mother told me before I got in ministry, a pastor's desk is never clean. There's always more that needs to be done. 
Uh, there's always more. And if I don't get refreshed in what it means to be a follower of Jesus first, then I'm not going to be adequately equipped to do what it means to be a laborer with Jesus. And you know that Mary and Martha passage, he said only one thing is needful. What's he talking about? Is, is, was he saying there's only one thing that's really necessary and it's just to spend time with Jesus and just to rest? Or was he saying, you got this whole platter full of food going here, man, all we needed was some potato salad and a little deviled ham, which I think is funny because they didn't eat ham or devil. But anyway, um, what was he saying there? And my wife and I had to learn that that the goal of getting with people is not to wear ourselves out. The goal is fellowship. And if fellowship can't be had around the, the small amount, then it's not going to be had if we try and impress people. So the purpose of rest is to equip us, to reinvigorate us for the work that is ahead. Hmm. When, um, when it says back in, in Matthew 11, and Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, Learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And and I think that's the bigger issue here, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just okay, I'm exhausted, I want, I need, I need rest physically. But Jesus is talking yeah. about a different type of rest. Yes. And you know, I think, I think, you know, everybody gets weary. Their soul gets weary after a while. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, right? Yep. Um, that's why the scripture says we're supposed to wait upon the Lord and renew our strength, right? And even the young man will grow weary yeah. and he'll faint, but he who trusts in the Lord, you know? So so the idea is that, Robert, in, in light of the fact that our soul faints and our soul gets weary, like what, what would be the cause of that, do you think? And, you know, it, and then what would be... Frankly, um, I think the passage here says, you know, come after the Lord and God will God will cure your weary soul. But but what causes the soul to be weary? Because I know I'm exhausted physically at times when I don't get rest and I'm doing go, 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 go. But what for, for, for a Christian that's listening that's saying, OK, how do I know when my soul is weary? And why do you not feel rest physically? It's because your mind you get you lay in bed and your mind just goes like a whirlwind. You're, you're in your mind. You can't stop thinking about this and that and the other thing that needs to be done. And that's what keeps us awake. That's what robs us of our sleep because of those thoughts that he said, the weapons of our warfare take every thought captive. We can learn how to remove the exhaustion of thinking about things that don't need to be thought about right now. And uh, in, in, in thinking about all those things, for me, that's what wears me out. I can't get rest in myself. It's like there are these gnats that are always flying around. And what the gospel does is make it so that the gnats settle out. And I can spend time. He said, in his presence there is fullness of joy. You can't have gnats and fullness of joy both at the same time. And that's why he says, look, come to me. I'll give you rest. I'll give you joy. I'll give you peace. It's only found in his presence, though. And so we have to be intentional on our part about seeking that rest. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Isaiah 40 verse 28. Mm-hmm. Have you not known? Yep. Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting God, the Creator of the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. He does not faint mm-hmm. or grow weary. His understanding is unscrutable. And I think I think you know, I love the idea that that God 
God, God doesn't, in, God doesn't send us in places to where He hasn't gone before mm-hmm. us, right? And yep. He's not asking us to be something that He Himself is not. That's just that's silly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, God, God has empowered us to do all things through Christ. We know that, and I found it interesting if Jesus took the time to sit at the Father's feet, if He took the time to get away by Himself, if He took the time to rest then that would seem to indicate that the example is for us to do that. Having said that, now let me ask you a question. What are some practical ways then if a person who's listening and goes, okay, this sounds great. I don't know that I really necessarily need rest, but I see what you're saying. So so how would you recommend I start resting and what should that look like? Because are we, are we talking about, you know, I'm just going to take Sundays off once a month and go golfing, um, you know, because that's restful for me. What are we talking about here? Well, there is an excellent book on the topic for those who are readers. It's entitled The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. One of the things he brings out is when it's time to rest, do what you do not do at work. If you write for a living, then don't write on your day with the time you take rest, unless you just want to write Aunt Mary and say, how's it going? But do something different. Do something that's life-giving for you. And I'm sorry, but if playing golf does it, then go play golf. And, you know, should we do it on Sunday? I'm not, I'm not going to say don't. I'm going to say you got to figure that one out between you and Jesus, man. But um, we have to do something. It's, it, one of the things that Mark Buchanan said was, if you can't take a day, if you can't take a day and make it holy, which is the compound of ho- holiday, then take an hour. Have a holla hour. Boy, I like that. I'm going to set aside this next hour. I'm going to set aside these next three hours, and I'm going to do nothing but but rest in the presence of Jesus, and I'm going to find my joy there. And what whatever it is that brings you that joy, whatever kind of creativity it is, do it intentionally. Go into it saying, I am doing this so that I can be in the presence of God and experience the joy that he has for me. Hmm. So in the last... Um, in the last two minutes we have left, you know, a Christian leader, they're a servant, they're a ministry leader, maybe a pastor is mm-hmm. listening and they are burnt out. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go on anymore. They're just kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I've given, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years to the ministry. Um, I, people are ungrateful. It's coming at me from all kinds of different ways. My soul is famished. Um, what do you say to them? How, how do they, how do they regain their traction or what would you even, what would you even say to the person? They, they want to give up. They want to quit. Well, I had sit with those people on a very regular basis. Our entire ministry is based on helps and encouragement for pastors and Christian workers. Um, I would encourage them to go to streams in the wasteland.com contact me. I'll take you out and buy you a cold drink and we'll just sit and visit. But the most important thing that I want you to know is you are not indispensable. <laughs> uh, to the people you're indispensable to, you're indispensable. But that that number is so much less. You know, when I got started in this, somebody said, never mistake the urgent for the important. The woman in the hospital is urgent. The boy standing at the front door holding the ball and gloves saying, but dad, you said is important. Ten years from now, the old woman won't care. Ten years from now, you hope the boy does. When we learn to distinguish the urgent from the important and put them in their proper perspective, it helps us walk in the rhythms of grace. I really like the way Eugene Peterson put that, walking in the rhythms of grace. If you need to talk with someone, I have big ears and a small mouth. Uh, If you'll contact (laughs) us through streamsinthewasteland.com, we'll do anything that we can to be an encouragement and blessing to you. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's... uh 
And you guys definitely are a blessing to those that are hurting in that area. I know um, I've I've had, you know, this problem throughout my Christian experience because of just this go, go, go attitude. And it wasn't until for the first time in 27 years, um, you know, this last this last summer that I took a sabbatical and I'll be taking one every year um, from now on because <clears throat> there was a lot of things God showed me in it personally that, hey, the church not only can run without you, mm-hmm. it actually does better. <laughs> yep. It was a humbling time. And so I, I'm, I'm convinced and it was resting. And, and, and now I'm going to, I'm going to look forward to it even more next summer. But anyways, Hey, we're out of time for this episode of shout to grace. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.